beautiful day. Beautiful day for baby dedication, too. That's so nice. That is so nice. <clears throat> so I, I, uh, I was thinking, right? I was thinking this last week and actually the last few weeks. The craziness going on everywhere, right? I mean, it's just it's lunacy. We think it's crazy. But it's really not crazy. It's just kind of like the fallen world, right? So, I mean, it's really just doing what it does. But then I started to consider something, and I started to consider, well, where do I put my faith? Right? I mean, I got, I, I got to have faith in something. In something everybody does. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you are Christian or atheist. You have faith. You have faith in your belief. And if it's an atheism, well, then you have faith that there is nothing. That, so you have, everybody has faith, right? Where do we believe in, right? If we're all right here today, kind of have a, a common basis for our faith, right? We have, we have something. But then I think about it like, whew, I know that my faith isn't always that strong. And it weakens. When things are going good, I have a lot of faith. Things aren't going so good, how much faith do I have then? Because I'm a worry wart. I hate to be the one to break it to you. I'm a worry wart. You name it, I'm sweating it. 100%. I sweat everything from my truck to what my one-year-old grandson is going to be and how the world is going to be in 20 years. And the funny thing is, I really don't have control over either. So, <clears throat> so many things, right? And, and then the funny thing, too, is that there's some things that we, think, that we think are important. But I call them like silly faith. For example, there's this thing going on right now in the sport world, right? March Madness. Y'all might have heard about it, seen it on the news. NCAA basketball championship, right? Low-ranked player or low-ranked teams play high-ranked teams. Opening round one. 15th ranked St. Peter's goes against number two ranked Kentucky. There's a whole lot of faithful Kentucky fans out there. Put the money where the mouth is, got the brackets out, put the money down, and they lost. They had faith. But they lost. Number 15th ranked. And the 15th ranked says, I love the coach, I read an interview. He says, We came here to play. We came here in faith. Did we all, do we always go to play? No matter what the odds are, no matter what the perspective is, no matter what everybody else says, you don't have a chance. Every pundit, <laughs> really, guys, you're not going to do it. This is Kentucky. They are a perennial favorite. They have won twice as many times as you've even been invited to the tournament. St. Peter's coach said, we came to play. How often do we come to play? Right, but that's, that's silly faith. Silly faith in our team. I won't even touch on other teams and faith. How about the bigger issues, though? I've already said, you read. Read the news, watch the news. Stuff going on. Funny thing is, we look around, we see it, and we, it's crazy out there, but at the same time, right, we've, there's, there's, it's been written down that you'll hear wars. 
rumors of wars. But see to it that you don't lose it. Things are going to happen. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Kind of coming. So we're, 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 to a certain extent, we're told what the final score is. And I said, though, it's easy to have faith when things are going good. But when you start to add in sickness, death, relationships, financials, jobs, when, when, when all those things start to hit us, where's our faith? And the funny thing is, too, is that the world is always quick to help. The world is quick to offer what to have faith in. The world is always willing to show us, look over here. Look over here. Don't, don't worry about that. Have faith in this. Have faith in your next politician because they say, vote for me and I'll, I'll solve the problems. Trust in me, and I got this. Have faith in me. Governments do that. People do that. But that ain't really working. It's not really working, no matter the best intentions. It's not going to work because it, it can't. It, just, it, it can't be the end-all, be-all of the source of our faith. Right? We... And we know that in Hebrews it says that faith is the confidence, confidence in what we hope for. And this is the beautiful part. And assurance, don't doubt, about what we do not see. Confidence, assurance, what we don't see. And this morning I want to talk about a couple of instances examples of faith regardless of what they saw. Katrina, can you please oh, thank you very much. Now this one, this one probably rings a bell. Genesis 6.14 Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Right? Make rooms in it, coat it with pitch inside and out. Right? We, this is Noah. The Bible's full of people who had faith, but I want to touch on Noah. God told him, make this. Now, he goes on the next two verses, which we won't, he just gives him the dimensions. He says, I want it to be this big, I want it to be this long, I want it to be this high, I want it to have these three floors in it. Can you please put uh, 17? <clears throat> Okay. Okay. Okay, here we go. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. Here's the crazy thing. First, God said, do this. He didn't tell him, I'm going to flood the world, and Noah, I want you to build an ark. He didn't do that. First, he said, 
I want you to do this. I want you to do this task. That's the way God's going to tell us. He's not always going to tell us what the end result or why we're doing it. He's going to tell us to do this now. Because I'm about to do something. And for Noah, it was going to destroy all life. I'm going to send floodwaters. You need to build an ark. 18, please. But I will establish my covenant with you, Noah, you. I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. Do this. This is why, and this is the result. You are going to be the only ones that make it. <sighs> Man, that's heavy. I'm not sure I would want to be told that because we've got to understand a couple things. First of all, Noah was only 500 years old when he got this message. <laughs> Secondly, that's a big boat. Noah is not a boat builder. That's going to make a lot of wood. Was not a lumber baron. But verse 22, because this is all just a conversation at this point. Do this. This is what I'm going to do. This is the result. And you, can you please put 22 up there, Katrina? Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Noah didn't sit there and argue like we do. He didn't say, that's a lot of wood. That's going to cost a lot of money. I'm not a boat builder. I don't know. Noah did what he was supposed to do. And that is why also God went to him because he knew Noah's heart. Noah was a righteous man. He knew if I tell Noah to do this, I know Noah is going to do it. Now, here's, the, here's another thing, right? In faith and what God told him Noah undertook an unbelievably large job. A job that he didn't know what he, I, I have to believe he did not know exactly how he was going to do this, but what he did know was that he was told to do it. And for Noah, there was no option two. There was no option B. So his faith had to carry him through what he was told to do. I don't know where I'm going to get the wood. I don't know how to build a boat in the first place. Doesn't matter. This stuff will help in that play. And the other thing, too, and here's, the, here's the timing thing. I bet it wasn't, it wasn't raining whenever God told him to do it. It wasn't raining. He had to actually, it's a beautiful day out there. Somebody said, I'm going to flood the earth. Looks pretty nice. But, he's, but what, what he did was he told him, I know this is going to take time. And I know it might not look like it's going to rain now, but I'm telling you it's going to. Now, you need to actually be prepared when it's not raining. Because when it does come, you, don't, you ain't going to have time. I'm sorry. Right? If the first storm clouds had come up and Noah said, I better get to putting this boat together, it's over. It's game over. There's no time. And there's no time for us, too. Right? We, we, we always think we have tomorrow. And the, fact, and, and the sad thing is that many times, 
myself. myself. I am a, I'm a worry wart and a procrastinator. Okay? I'll worry today, but I'll take care of it tomorrow. That is not a good combination, let me tell you, because, oh, that is so, whew. But my point is, we have to work today in faith because when the rains come tomorrow or next month or next year, where's our, where's our art? Right? I mean, and, and the thing is that Noah, it took years, it took decades to build this. How many times do you think, I'm not, I, this is more like self-disclosure here. Remember, I'm worry wart. I put things off. I'm also not patient. Noah is thinking to himself, I got this boat. You know, he was pumped up in the beginning. God chose me. This is good stuff. I am going to, imagine that the first 10 years of building the boat, he's got to be thinking, oh, man. Because anytime you've ever had to do a project, have you ever noticed how often everything comes together perfectly? Never. And, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, well, God, why didn't you just give Noah an ark? Why didn't you put him in a big bubble and just let him float and let him be good? Why? Well, because if we sat here this morning and I said God put Noah and all the animals into a bubble, Okay, so God does a miracle. That's, that's not the problem. The problem is, where's your faith to actually get to the bubble? So I think that's why he made Noah build the ark. You have to look to Noah for an example of what to do when you're told what to do or have a feeling what to do or know what to do. You need to actually start working. And don't let your faith weaken in the middle of it because the project, it's going to rain. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. So you need to actually... You need to be building that art. Don't get discouraged. Right? If things don't come together the way you thought it were, they were supposed to, that's all right. Don't stop. Don't put your hammer down. You better, you better be spreading pitch. You need some waterproofing on that boat. You know, so, like I said, I don't have patience, right? So my question is, why do we usually think that I just, I don't want to work out of art. Can't you put me in a bubble? I'm not really righteous, more righteous than Noah by a long stretch. So why do I think I, he, God should work like that? Why? And the only thing I can think of is that I'm lazy. I'm lazy. I'm lazy, I'm impatient, I'm a worry wart. I challenge, are we all? I mean, to a certain extent, right? Some more than others. Just saying. It is. Verse 22. Noah did everything. Just like God commanded. Because he did everything God commanded, his family was safe. And the covenant was renewed with his family and his offspring, the people, because Noah was faithful. Because Noah was faithful. And, 
You know, how obedient are we? Do we step off in faith and say, I got this? Or do we hold back a little bit? And do we say, okay? We point out our concerns. You know, God, I, I really agree with you on this. I really do. But I think you haven't taken into account a few things that I'd like to bring up to you. God, God, oh, I've had that conversation. It never goes well. And the thing is, right, see, God doesn't give us the why first. He doesn't give us the why first. He just says do it. And that's why it's called faith and not just following directions. Right? If he had said, Noah, I'm going to flood this earth, Noah would be thinking, i got to get a boat. How do I do this? Instead, he said, no, I want you to build the boat. Now, I'm going to tell you why, but you've got to do your thing first. And don't worry about the timing. When you finish the boat, I'm going to do what i got to do. When the reality is, I'm going to do what i got to do, and if you do what I tell you to, the boat will be finished. And the funny thing is, too, that uh, when the floods actually came, Noah was 600 years old. I'm just saying, 52. I can't imagine. I'm serious. Home, home, oh, yeah, this is not working for me. And, if, and, and Paul even references in Hebrews, Paul references Noah, and he says, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir to the righteousness that is keeping with faith. Holy fear. I, I, don't, I don't always, uh, I should. And if I did, I think things would be better. But in reality, I don't always have holy fear, and that's just on me. I hope you don't. So we got Noah's example. Now, another one, and I, I love this one. This one is, I love, I love Peter. I love Peter. Peter is so amazing to me. I love Peter. So, this is another example of faith, mostly. I love, oh, I'll tell you. Please, uh, Katrina, please. Uh, Matthew 14, 24. All right. Now, understand that Jesus had just fed the 5,000 people few loaves, a couple of fish, fed them. He took the disciples. He said, you guys take off. Get in the boat, take off. I'm going to dismiss the people. Then Jesus went up on the mountain. He prayed. And he come down from the mountain. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So it was windy. Right? There's some waves. It says it. The boat was away from shore. Next, please. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. No big deal. For Jesus, this is not a big deal. 26, please. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they sighed and cried out in fear. They have been walking with him since he started. They were walking with him. They just watched him feed the 5,000. They see him walking, and they get scared crying out in fear, but Jesus. Next one, please, 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. 
It's just me. You know me. Next one. <laughs> Peter. Oh, I love Peter. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Peter, he is, he's pumped. <laughs> Jesus' response is great. I love this. Next one, please. Come. Come on. Come. He said, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Can you imagine that moment? You, you called out Jesus. Jesus, if it's you, call me. Come on. All right. I'm in, I'm in walk on water. He got out of the boat. Starts walking. Imagine the disciples on the boat. They were thinking, oh, my goodness. Peter's walking on water, too. It don't say that anybody else said, can I come? Nobody else in here said, me, too. Not one person said, me, too. So, Peter is, he's, he's looking good, right? He's really pumped. I really think that Peter's pumped. So, verse 30, please. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. What happened? You saw him. You called out to him. You called him out. If it's you, you tell me. Come on. Sometimes I think personally. This can be me on Sunday to Monday. Sunday, I am all pumped up. I am feeling good. I am on cloud nine. I don't have a care. I am full of my faith. And then I hit Monday. And I'm like, oh man, Lord, help me. Help me. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Thirty-one, please. Immediately, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? God, no, no. First of all, right, we need to establish that it was immediately. Jesus didn't say, "I'm going to let you sink to your knees, maybe your waist." It was immediately when we cry out to him. He doesn't make us wait if we cry out. In true needing. Why did you doubt, right? Sees Jesus walking on the water. Jesus, if it's you, let me come out to you. Come on. He started walking, hit the boat, or hit the water, walking. That, this other disciples probably were impressed. Like Peter doing it. Nobody volunteered too, but they're like, Peter's going for it. So what, what happened? What happened to Peter? He looked around, he took his eyes off Jesus. When he was looking out at Jesus, walking, if it's you, call me. Jesus says, come. He starts walking, and then it says, when he saw the wind. 
when he saw the waves, when he felt the wind, when he started to think, what am I doing? Why am I walking on water? I'm a fisherman. I know you don't walk on water. But nothing changed except where his focus went. When his focus left Jesus, his situation changed. But it wasn't for no other reason than he took his eyes off. Got distracted. Took his eyes off Jesus, and he began to sink. Jesus still ain't sunk. And Jesus didn't calm the weather. Jesus didn't calm the waves. Jesus didn't calm the wind. You come to me in your current situation. Don't wait for the goodness. Don't wait for the blue sky. Don't wait for the no wind. Don't wait for everything to be perfect because why wait? Come to me now. And all he said was, come. Right? So the encouraging thing, though, is that, like I said, Jesus never left. And, and, and the, the beautiful thing is that even when we take our eyes off Jesus, his eyes are never off us. His eyes are not off us. We look, we get scared. He's still saying, I got you. I got you. That's a good deal, and that's something to be thankful for. Because the last thing we ever want is whenever we're in a world of hurt, to have Jesus not be looking at us. So, Peter was a fisherman. He understood water. Nobody walks on it. He's been in storms. And when he took his eyes off Jesus, the thinking and his knowledge and his understanding of the world overcame him. And at that point, nothing made sense about what he was doing. That is what fear sets in. So he let his physical condition, his physical situation, distract from a spiritual breakthrough. Right? How many times have we ever let a physical situation distract us from a spiritual breakthrough? See, doubt is the opposite of faith. Reasoning, man's reasoning, is the enemy of faith. Faith is confidence in what we don't see. So whenever we start to focus on the things that we can't see, we're going to lose our faith in the thing that we can't see, and we start to sink. We rationalize, rationalizing the enemy of faith. The world is actually the enemy of faith because it's fallen. It can't encourage us to have faith in God. It can't. Because that's opposite of what it is. Not what it was intended, but opposite of what it is. And then also, nobody, nobody is safe from having doubt creep in. This was Peter, walked with Jesus, 
talked with Jesus, was one of the first. Everything about Peter says you should be good from a faith perspective. And yet, and yet, Peter's faith wobbled. Peter's faith, he stumbled in his faith. So don't think that one stumble takes you out of the game. Don't think that one stumble makes you anything less than arm's reach away from Jesus. It's just, and that's a good thing. But also imagine in the middle of our storms, Jesus asking us, why did you doubt? Why? Just curious. He knows, but why? And if we can think about why we doubt, what it was that actually made us take our eyes off of Jesus, we can probably, for that instance, not do it twice. Not do it twice. Peter only walked on water once. So, we had Peter, had great faith in the beginning, wobbled a little bit. Jesus said, I got you. Noah, build an ark. Okay. Jeremiah, please. <clears throat> Jeremiah. <laughs> but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Doesn't it say in kings, princes, or man? Don't put your trust in the creation. Put your trust into the creator. Verse 8, please, Katrina. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So we need to be like that tree. Jeremiah is saying you want to be this, you want to do this, because number one, it's going to get hot. It's going to get hot. And there will be a drought. And if you are planted any place other than where your roots are firmly established, and where are they established? Where are they established? By the stream. What stream? How about the stream of living water? Jesus said that. Right? And why is that so we don't, we do not fear when the heat comes? The Bible is full of instances where it tells you it's going to. The heat is going to come. The drought is going to come. That's why the Bible is always telling us, have faith. Because when this stuff happens, and it's going to, you're not going to get out of it. You're not going to, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. So I ask, how deep are our roots? 
How, how deep are they? I mean, are they nice and deep into that stream of living water so that we are nourished? When heat comes, we're still green. Our leaves are green. When the drought comes, we're still bearing fruit. The last, the last one I want to tell you about. This is crazy. This one made me laugh. Now, you, let me set the scene here. So Peter had been thrown in prison. He has 16 guards around him. Chained to two of them. They're on either side of him. And an angel comes and, come on, let's go. We're done here. And the angel lets Peter out of prison, leads him out of prison. And here we go, right? When this had dawned on him, this angel just left. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered, had gathered and were praying. He went to the place where the people had been praying for him to get out of prison. He's out of prison. He goes to the house. This is so encouraging. 13, please. Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. 14, please. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and explained, Peter's at the door. Peter, out of prison, they were praying for him, goes to the house. The very people that were praying for him are in there, still praying for him. Rhoda sees him, gets excited. Peter's here. She's so excited, she forgets to even open the door and let him in. She goes back to the people that are still praying. Mind you, they're still praying. You're out of your mind, they told her. Wait a second. You were out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. It must be his angel. Why did you think that? You've just been praying. What, what? And, and I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to judge them, but it doesn't say anybody in there said, of course he's here. We were praying. Nobody said that. What they said is, you're crazy. You've lost your mind. <laughs> then what's the point? Were you going through the motions, people? Were you, were you just like, we should do this? Because this is what we're supposed to do. But are we doing it for the right reason? I'm not even questioning what you're praying for because they were praying for a good reason. They were praying for a good cause. But they, where was the faith in what they were praying? And, and how about us? Do we always have the faith when we pray? Do we always have the faith when we pray? Or sometimes, like saying grace, do we just do it because it's what you do before? Because right? the, the, the joy and the glory and the results are not in the mindless following of a practice. But it's in the heartfelt honoring the one you're going to. 
and saying, God, if it's your will, let it be done. And we can ask, God, I want this. God, I need this. But if it's your will, let it be done. Nobody said, of course. Nobody. They had the faith to pray, but they didn't really have real faith. They had faith in a process. They had faith in a routine. Sunday mornings, I go to church. What I do Saturday night. Faith has to go all the way through the, to the end. You've got to have the faith in the end result. Otherwise, you're wasting your time up front. You're just wasting your spinning your wheels. You ain't going nowhere. Have the faith that, the, that what you want and what's supposed to be coming is going to come. And when it does, don't sit there and dismiss it. Don't dismiss it. Man, I put my faith in my truck every time I get into it. But that's just going through the motions. I, you know, when somebody is hurt, somebody is sick, when somebody is struggling, and we say, "I'm going to pray for you." When a tragedy happens, we always love to say, well, "I'm not going to say we," because we're different. But I'm going to say that people always love to say, "My thoughts and prayers are with you." Terrible tragedy happens. I thought some prayers are with you. There's a war going on. My thoughts and prayers are with you. This is just me. This is not you. Keep them. Because it's really not helping me. And in fact, if you're not doing it right, all you're doing is giving me a false sense of security and a false sense of hope because now I'm putting my hope in you and not the one you're praying to. And then when it doesn't happen, the funny thing is we never get mad at the person who said, my thoughts and prayers are with you. We don't get mad at that person. Nobody ever goes back to that person and says, what happened? I thought you were praying for me. Peter doesn't go into the house and say, what happened? Nobody does that. But in reality, couldn't we? If you tell me, if I say, Pastor, can you pray for me? I have every bit of faith that he's going to pray for me. And I have every bit of faith that he's going to pray for me in the right heart, in the right mind, in the right spirit. And he's going to pray for me in a way that will actually put God into motion. Problem is, not everybody It's like saying grace. It's like saying grace. God, I'm so sorry about that one person. Can you help them? First of all, is prayer even going to be heard? Secondly, you're kind of generic. I'm not saying you got to be too specific, but you got to be a little bit more specific. We all have some level of faith. Some strong, some not so strong. Some strong at times, some not so strong at times. But everybody has some level of faith. So the question isn't really, do we have faith? It's what do we have faith in? Do we have faith in the creator or the creation? 
Because only one's actually going to be able to deliver you. Only one is going to actually be able to say, I got you. And have the power to follow through. Whole boat full of people. Peter starts to sink. Nobody said, we better row over there. Nobody said, I better have a life preserver. Jesus was the only one who was right then in there within arm's reach and said, I'll rescue you. I'll rescue you. He's going to ask, so why'd you doubt? What happened? I'll tell you why you doubted, because you took your eyes off of me. I haven't changed. The situation hadn't changed. But you took your eyes off me and you got distracted, and that is why your physical situation is going to stop your spiritual breakthrough. And when... When others see our, our storms, when they, when they see what's going on in, in, in our lives, what is it exactly that they see, right? So when storm is raging in my life, once again, only me. What do they see? Do they see somebody and do they think back and they say, you know something, I remember him going to church when the sky was sunny. I remember him carrying his Bible. I remember him reading his Bible. I remember him praying. I remember him building an ark, and now that it's raining, he's actually sitting in there on the boat floating. Is that what they're going to see? Is that what they're going to say? Or worse yet, the absolute worst, is they're going to say, he talked a good game. He talked a good game, but he didn't really deliver. And even worse yet, he talked a good game. I thought he was, I thought he had a good game. But obviously God don't care. Ooh. We cannot let God take the rap for us. And the sad thing is the world is longing for that. They want to see that. They want to be able to say, I thought you went to church, man. I thought you you were a holy roller. So where is that God of yours? Since your life is jacked. Your life is messed up. Where? What happened? Maybe there's nothing to that God thing. No. He's still there. I took my eyes off. Don't blame him for my stupidity. Do not put on him my lack of faithfulness. You, you can't. So they, do they see weakness and strength that comes from faith in the one true and living God that they can't see because it takes faith? And while they can't see God, they should be able to see God in us. I'll leave you with this. Number one, build the foundation of your faith when you got blue skies so that you can survive the rains. But two, don't let your physical situation distract from a spiritual breakthrough. Amen. Number three, make sure that through study and prayer that you put your roots deep into that stream of living water 
survive the heat and the drought, not if, but when they come. Fourth one, when faith delivers, don't doubt it. And give the glory to God. And my fifth point, which I said four, my fifth point, it's not up there, but never, 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 never forget Psalm 118.8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Go to the creator, not to creation. 